The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Welcome back to hour number two of today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you. And whether you're tuning in on the AM side at 1490, on the FM side at 104.9, or if you've chosen to listen via the live stream, which you can find available to you at ESPNTucson.com, I appreciate you tuning in to the uh, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show every weekday here from 7 to 9. Try to bring you all the best in the latest in sports news and uh, entertainment opinions. I have plenty of them today, apparently, as uh, we are Gearing through this football Friday, it is 8.03 on your Tucson morning. A little chilly out there. Bundle up. Drive safe. Uh, get home safe to your family for this weekend and uh, have a, you know, get ready for the, uh, the happy, happy holidays of next week. Um, still plenty of things to talk about uh, in hour number two here, obviously. Lots of NFL discussion as week 15 kicked off last night. Patrick Mahomes is now 12-0 in his career on the road in the AFC West. <laughs> it's remarkable. I didn't I didn't know that until last night after they won the game and it was like he's now 12 and 0 against division opponents on the road in his career. I'm like, "What?" <laughs> That's astounding. Now, that number, I guess, it ties Peyton Manning for uh mo- like for, you know, for like a uh, AFC record in road win consecutive road wins with with 12 um as far as in you know in division opponents goes but it doesn't even come close to what Joe Montana did with the 49ers in the 80s and the 90s in the division Joe Montana at one point in his career won 20 consecutive road games in the NFC West 20 in a row <laughs> that's that is ridiculous now the 49ers were you know in the 80s and the 90s were one of the best road teams in the history of the NFL. Like, they they just they, they smashed teams when they went on the road. But it was the Steve Young-era 49ers that won 18, game, 18 consecutive road games. That was Steve Young's teams. That wasn't even Joe Montana. So Joe Montana went 20-0 and at one point against the Falcons, the Lambs, and the Saints, because that's when the Saints were in the uh, – Saints and Falcons were in the NFC West at the time. Both of those teams were terrible. The Falcons and the Saints were just awful. Like the, it was, it was the Aints. You know, the, the the fans would show up with the paper bags on their heads to go to the games, and the Falcons were equally as bad. They were like a two to four win team every year, and then they got good. They got some players. Um, you know, they got Deion Sanders and everything like that. And then Deion Sanders goes to the Forty ers and things go back to normal in Atlanta. Um, so that that was just astounding to me, though, that he's twelve and zero in his career. Started his career twelve and zero on the road against division opponents, which is just remarkable. Also, before we uh, uh, wrap up uh, th- Thursday night football and move on to what's coming up this weekend, the Chiefs, considering how poorly we have viewed their offense this year, they've had fourteen three and outs all year. That's it. 14 three-and-out drives this season. So before you start just like, 
oh, Chiefs are dead. Their offense is no good. Their defense is suspect. <laughs> remember who their quarterback is. Remember who their coach is. And remember all that talent that they got on that football team and tell me that they're not a one of the two favorites in the AFC to win the Super Bowl. That's just, you know. I also got thinking about this yesterday as well. Just, just sitting, you know, kind of doing work around the house and, you know, getting ready for some things. And I'm like, God, what happens? I mean, what kind of a rift is going to open up in space and time if the Buccaneers and the Patriots end up in the Super Bowl this year? To have Tom Brady versus Bill Belichick for the world championship of the NFL. I don't want to think about those kind of things because I, the media explosion will be uncontrollable. Like there will be there will be nowhere to hide for anyone. If you if you wanted to try and avoid football talk for those two weeks, it would be impossible. You would have to move to the moon to be able to to avoid football talk. If if that happens, every every outlet, people who don't even report on sports will be talking about it. Scary. All right, let's do this thing. It's the uh, it's the eight o'clock hour. Top of the eight o'clock hour. It's time for me to embarrass myself by making some picks in the Friday Five. This will be, of course, the NFL edition of the Friday Five because college football is in bowl season, and uh, so you know the regular season is is over with. We're not going to be picking bowl games. Um, they are too freaking difficult to pick, anyways. But nonetheless, we're going to do some NFL. The games that that really matter as far as the standings and the records and and things like that in the playoffs go. Um, so we're going to do Friday Five football uh, NFL edition on the season right now. I'm 27 and 33 against the spread. Not a great number. Uh, the sharps that are out there, that you know, guys that that have services like subscribable services and stuff like that, they're not doing much better. Like everybody's kind of hovering around 500. And this week is a horrible week to be picking games, not only because of the whole COVID issue that's going on and it's spreading like wildfire throughout the NFL and you don't know from hour to hour which players are going to be available for which teams, but the spreads this week, my goodness, like the spreads are all over the place and they're moving violently. Like there are huge swings in some of these numbers. So it's a difficult week to pick games, but I'm going to do my best. I'm going to start off with an AFC game as the Las Vegas Raiders travel to Cleveland to take on the previously mentioned beleaguered Cleveland Browns who have been decimated by COVID protocols, 21 players, including QB1 Baker Mayfield and QB2 Case Keenum, which leaves Nick Mullins, QB3, as the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. Also, head coach Kevin Stefanski is in COVID protocol. That's bad news for the Cleveland Browns. Now, Nick Mullins, as a 49er fan as I am, I've gotten to see plenty of Nick Mullins play. The dude's got moxie. He's tough. He runs the offense, I, I would say, admirably, I, I guess, it, 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 for, for a guy who's a third string, a, a, he's going to be a lifetime third string quarterback in the NFL. I think he does a fine job. He may be the best, uh, second best, Nick Foles in Chicago. Uh, he may be the, the second best third string quarterback in the NFL. And I like Nick Mullins. He's, uh, uh, you know, he just kind of stays in his lane, makes some plays when he needs to, and has got some moxie. I just, you know, don't know if it's going to be enough. However, um, 
you know, many people feel like, including Baker Mayfield, that the game should be postponed. I don't know if the NFL is going to do that. I don't. Um, I, I don't think they will. If they do postpone it, that's fine. I don't know what it changes. Uh, if they really believe that a two-day postponement, like if they play a, a doubleheader on Monday night now instead, uh, if a two-day postponement will level the playing field. And to be honest, I, I don't know if it matters. I'm going to pick the Browns to win the game anyways because the Raiders suck. Like, they're just terrible. And last week, after watching a large chunk of that Raiders game, I said to myself, and I even said on this show on Monday, I don't think the Raiders win another game this season. And I'm going to stick to that. Give me the Browns plus three and a half to win straight up 23-21 at home over the Las Vegas Raiders. The next game, another AFC game, this one, a big one. This is the New England Patriots traveling to Indianapolis to take on the Colts. Colts right now are fighting for their playoff lives. They're a wild card team, but the slow start to the season put them behind the eight ball, and they are scrambling, trying to catch not only the Tennessee Titans, but stay alive in the wild card. Now you've got quite possibly what many people believe is the best team in the AFC traveling into Indianapolis to uh, to try to steal a road game coming off a bye week. <laughs> and I know better than to bet against Bill Belichick coming off of a bye week. He's 15-6 and six all time with 13 wins against the spread in his career coming off the bye week. Now, it's not as dominant as Andy Reid. Andy Reid, we know, is the godfather of the bye week. He's 20-3 and three all time uh, after a bye week. Nobody will ever touch that. But what's the one thing that Belichick has been notoriously noted for throughout his career? He is absolute money when it comes to neutralizing one player from the opposing team. And I think that's going to be enough because really, in my opinion, you only have to neutralize Jonathan Taylor. Now, there are it's it's easier said than done because you've got uh you've got Quentin Nelson who's one of the best offensive players period in the foot in the game of football uh playing at guard that offensive line has really gelled uh, this season as the as time has gone on as offensive lines often do the chemistry starts to build and they start to play better uh Jonathan Taylor has just been ripping teams uh in the in the last 12 weeks of the season he's just been on fire but they're going to have to do it without him. A usually dominant Jonathan Taylor, Bill Belichick will find a way to neutralize him, so it's going to be the Carson Wentz and maybe the Michael Pittman show or something. They're going to have to do it because I I just fully believe that with a bye week and knowing that you have to take Jonathan Taylor out of this game, Belichick is just too good. He has too much history in doing that, and I think the Patriots will do enough to not only cover the two-and-a-half-point spread, which they're facing, but I think they're going to win the game outright. Again, I have the Patriots plus two and a half straight up over the Colts, 19 to 17. So I, I was I was surprised to see Indy. Indy opened up, I think, as a three and a half point favorite. That line has moved to uh, to two and a half. There's been a lot of a lot of people betting the Colts. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next 12 hours or so next 24 hours as the Sharps begin to put their money in, you may see that line jump a little bit again. So, uh, But I think the Patriots plus 2.5, and, and I got them straight up 19-17 over the Colts. The next game, another AFC game. There's a lot of intriguing AFC games this week. The Tennessee Titans traveling to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. Now, the Titans 
according to the reports, are going to get Julio Jones back this week. And they're likely going to need him because the Steelers' offense has come to life recently. Now, the reason that the Steelers' offense has come to life may be because possibly out of necessity because their defense has been bad. And when I say bad, they've given up 36 or more points in three of their last four games. 36 last week. They gave up, I think, 20 the week before, and they gave up back-to-back weeks where they back-to-back weeks where they gave up 41 points to the opposing offense. Now, at a minus one, Titans minus one, this game is basically a pick'em. So I'm not going to pick against the spread, uh, as promised in most of these games, because I just, you know, whatever. It may be, maybe you can take it against the spread. I don't know. I'll go ahead and take the Titans minus the one. It's it's basically a pick 'em. I like the Titans thirty to twenty seven over the Steelers, but what I do love is the over. The over under right now is set at forty two and a half. I think both of these teams are gonna light it up. I don't think defense is gonna reign supreme in this game unless somehow the weather in Pittsburgh gets really, really bad. So far it's not looking too bad right now. So I like the over I love the over forty two and a half. And if you're looking for some type of a, of a parlay card in this, my suggestion is the over, the over points. Maybe take the Titans money line. And I love Deontay Johnson, wide receiver for the uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, to have some kind of a big game. Or you know, throw in a prop bet. You know, whatever. Maybe he has. You know, if the prop is um, more than four and a half catches or more than five and a half catches, throw him down for that. If he's got, you know, more than 52 and a half yards, throw him down for that. I like Deontay Johnson to have a game. He's really starting to light things up, and uh, Ben Roethlisberger has been trusting him, especially after last week with what uh, Chase Claypool did. They may be looking for Deontay Johnson a little bit more. Game number four in the Friday Five this week is also another AFC game. It's where all the intriguing games are at, and at least the games that I wanted to pick because NFC games are all like nine, you know, minus nine and 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 more for the uh, for the spread. The uh, Bengals traveling to Denver to take on the Broncos. The Broncos are the home favorite at two and a half, minus two and a half. Now, I, I've I've bet against Denver almost all year, and it has continued to bite me in the ass. So naturally, I'm going to do it again. <laughs> I, I just. Uh, there's something about the Denver team that I just don't like. I don't trust them. Even when they're at home, they seem to play right at the level of the team that they're playing. And in this situation, I'm going to go with the better quarterback. I love Joe Burrow. You know that. There's no secret here. Big Joe Burrow fan. Joe Burrow on the road. The Bengals have dropped two in a row, a heartbreaker last week in overtime to the 49ers where they take the lead in overtime and end up surrendering the touchdown to lose the game at home. Bengals have lost two in a row. They have to bounce back. Their backs are against the wall. They've got to stay in that wild card race. They've got to stay in the AFC North race, and I think they do, and I think they eke one out against Denver. I like Cincinnati straight up over the Broncos, 24-23. to Give me the Bengals plus two and a half. And finally, an NFC game, an NFC West game. The Seattle Seahawks traveling down the coast to take on the Los Angeles Rams. This line has moved around. Uh, it, it has danced up and down, and <laughs> I tried to pinpoint one where 
I could kind of nail them against the wall and find out, you know, okay, this is where we're going to go because the line opened at Rams minus eight and a half. Then it moved to seven. Then it moved to the Seahawks, or then it moved to the Rams minus three. It finally settled this morning at the Rams minus four. Now the Rams COVID protocols continue to grow. Uh, this line to me is just a little too enticing, though. They've got enough playmakers and enough momentum and enough confidence, I think, to keep their winning ways going. And the Seahawks, still problems. I think that the the game against the 49ers was kind of an outlier. I don't really trust the Seattle Seahawks, and I certainly don't trust them to play well enough as a team to beat a team as good as the Rams on the road. So I'm going to take the Rams minus four. Give me uh, Los Angeles 30, Seattle 20, 30 to 20. So there's my Friday five. Let's go over them once again. I like the Browns plus two, uh, plus three and a half over the Raiders as a uh, as a home favorite. I like the uh, or wait, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. No, the Raiders. I like the Raiders. Sorry. Let me finish, fix this here. I have written way, one way and written another. I have the Raiders plus three and a half on the road against the Browns. I have the Patriots plus two and a half on the road against Indianapolis. I have the Titans minus one on the road against against the Steelers. I, what I really like is the over 42 and a half, so I'm going to put my, put my money on that one. Um, I have the Bengals plus two and a half at Denver, and I have the Rams minus four at home. So yeah, I'm taking a lot of road dogs uh, this week, and I'm hoping it, uh, it uh, plays through again. Really tough week games because of the COVID protocols and everything changing and things being fluid uh, all over the place and not knowing who's going to be playing and when and where. and uh, It's a very confusing week to be picking games. Plus, there's a lot of lines that just, uh, to be honest with you, they suck. So uh, not real happy with the lines this week. Um, I may take it real easy this week as well uh, as far as my own bets, but I'll be putting my money where my mouth is, as I always do with my Friday Five and my lock of the week. Lock of the week, I'm 8-3 and three on the season against the spread. I don't feel great about this one, but I feel pretty good about it. I like the Packers, minus 5.5 at Baltimore. Another line that has shifted quite, uh, quite a bit over the last, couple of, uh, over the last 24 hours. It, I think it's finally settled at right around 5.5. So I'll take the Packers, minus 5.5 at Baltimore. I like the line. I like that 5.5-point spread. Uh, you know the Packers. You know, if they win the game by six, which you know, uh, you know, a twenty-three seventeen type of game or something like that, uh, I think that's a very doable type of situation. So, I like the Packers and Aaron Rodgers to continue their winning ways on the road at Baltimore. Not sure Baltimore just. They, I just don't think they have the firepower uh, to stay with uh, to stay with Aaron. So, give me the Packers minus five and a half for my lock of the week. You can take it to the bank. You can join Spears and Ali for Monday Night Football as they broadcast their show live from the famous Sam's at River and La Choya. It's a great spot to go and congregate with friends and with family to watch Monday Night Football. You can stay there and uh, you know after the uh, after the broadcast, broadcasting three, three three to six, of course, on Monday, and uh, then you can stick around and watch the football game. They got lots of TVs, over uh, forty two televisions to watch, plenty of beers on tap, and of course the delicious food that they always offer at the Famous Sam's. Head on down to Famous Sam's River in La Choya, 3-6 on Monday for Spears and Ali broadcasting live for Monday Night Football. More after this, including some information coming up about the Wildcats and Cal Baptist game tomorrow at the McHale Center. That's next right here on the Jeff Dean Show. 
Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM. Pac-12 football schedules for the 2022 season were released yesterday, like four months ahead of schedule. (laughs) Thank you, Merton Hanks. Give me something to talk about here. I love it. Uh, and look, the, the schedule, the schedule looks good. I like, I like the schedule. I love the teams that Arizona's playing. I love the teams that they're going to host. Arizona gets seven home games next year at Arizona Stadium. That's always exciting. Uh, we open up the season at San Diego State. We all knew about that, right? We knew that was going to happen. San Diego State opening their brand new stadium. Uh, they're coming off a hugely successful season. We'll see what happens in their bowl game. Um, but uh, nonetheless, a uh, very successful season, finishing the regular season at 10-2. and Weren't able to cash in the uh, Mountain West Championship. They were just decimated by uh, injuries and COVID leading into that game, and uh, we all saw what the outcome was. But we open at San Diego State. That game's going to be on September 3rd. Of course, times will not be revealed until well, – <laughs> it's going to be a while before we get times on these because, obviously, television contracts and stuff still need to be signed. Um, September 10th is our home opener. Going to be playing a school from the SEC. This uh, this game was scheduled by Greg Byrne way, way back in the day. Greg going back to you know signing a home-and-home home with his former uh, school that he worked the uh, was the athletic director at before he came to Arizona. So Arizona is going to be hosting Mississippi State. So Mike Leach, the Pirate, coming to Tucson uh, making a return, he's been there before. He knows the uh, he knows the deal. So Arizona taking on Mississippi State September tenth. That'll be a fun home opener. Then a week later, North Dakota State, the FCS powerhouse, comes into Tucson. They'll be ready to play. They're an extremely well coached team. They always have great talent, uh, FCS level talent that is sending guys to the NFL, as we know very well. So the Wildcats going to be taking on North Dakota State on the 17th at Arizona Stadium. Then the Wildcats go on the road for their Pac-12 opener. Going to be playing at Cal, who still has their head coach, Justin Wilcox, who said he's very happy, uh, very, 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 very happy at Cal. Uh, we'll put it that way. So uh, they're going to be playing Cal. And, again, I'm, listen, I'm not going to sit here and say, well, they're going to be coming off a game against Notre Dame or whatever. Uh, that's not for now. This is just a schedule. So at Cal, the team we got our one lone win this year against, opening up the uh, the season and finishing out the month of September. Then we play four games in the month of October. We hope we open. One thing I noticed that was really interesting about Arizona's schedule is there are three sets of back-to-back home games. There's the non-con Mississippi State, North Dakota State uh, back-to-back games, and then October 1st and October 8th when Arizona hosts Colorado and then Oregon in consecutive weeks, another set of uh, back-to-back home games. Then the Wildcats go on the road. They head up to Seattle to take on the Huskies at Husky Stadium there, the uh, UW with their new coach and their whole set of new players that are going to be there uh, in play. It'll be interesting to see what Washington looks like at that time. Then Arizona has their bye week. So they go on the road to Seattle. 
Then they're on bye. So October 22nd, the week of October 22nd, there's no game because they're going to be preparing for Lincoln Riley and the Trojans who are coming to Tucson on October 29th. It, it's a nice spot to be in for Arizona. You get the bye week after a long trip up to Seattle. You get to come home and prepare two weeks for the Trojans, a, a southern, you know, obviously a South Division team, and you're going to need some, you know, you're going to need some to watch some film on them because Lincoln Riley brings a lot to the table, and they'll have plenty of film to look at. USC will have played several conference games by then, and a, another big out of conference game as well. Then the Wildcats have back to back road games. Thankfully, they're not uh, really long trips. They go up to Salt Lake to take on the defending uh, defending Pac-12 champ, the Utes, on November 5th. Then they come back, and they'll head out to Los Angeles to take on the Bruins at the Rose Bowl on November 12th. And then the Wildcats get to finish up their season with back-to-back home games again. November 19th, they're going to be hosting Wazoo as the Cougs come to uh, come to Tucson in a late November, mid-late November uh, slate. And then, as is customary for games that are played at Arizona Stadium because the U of A likes to uphold the tradition of playing the day after Thanksgiving as opposed to what those folks up in Tempe do by continually scheduling the game on Saturday, which I absolutely hate, the Territorial Cup game returns to Tucson on November 25th, the day after Thanksgiving on Friday, to take on the Scummies. So there you go. Um, Again, I like the home schedule. There's some really good teams. There's some really good talent coming to Tucson. Mississippi State, North Dakota State, both good teams. Colorado, eh, I'm not sure. (laughs) Oregon, obviously they're going to be talented and good. USC, rebuilding, but more like reloading under Lincoln Riley. And then Wazoo, who plays extremely well um, away away from the Palouse. And, of course, Arizona State in the Territorial Cup game. So there's your schedule for Wildcat football. I'm, I'm happy about it. Uh, I think it's going to be a great season for Wildcat football. And when I say great, I mean exciting, competitive. There's going to be you know plenty of excitement uh, throughout the year. We saw some of that this year. And in year two of the Jetfish era, bringing in the new defensive coordinator, we'll see what Johnny Nansen brings to the table, and a slew of freshmen that could get plenty of playing time this season and the 2022 season as well. But we have a long time before that happens, and we got a lot of stuff to talk about before then, including maybe uh, it's starting to seem like T. Tyroa McMillan going to be signing in Tucson. Now, my guess, and this is kind of what I've discussed with, with some people, um, you know, the <laughs> – Rayshon Luke, very talented, uh, you know, four-star, uh, four-star commit for for Arizona. According to the reports, he's already signed his letter of intent somewhere, but he is going to be announcing it at the All American Bowl on January eighth. T Mac is also playing in that All American Bowl. I think. <laughs> now this is just me being romantic here, maybe. I think it would be awesome to have those two. It would be it would certainly be great marketing for for uh, for the team to have those two donning the block A cap at the All American Bowl and showing their intent to play football for Jedfish and the Wildcats right there at the All American Bowl. Two of the top two of the top recruits that are going to be playing in that game, both 
committing to Arizona, that sends a message. I think that would be awesome. So we'll see. Um, I know that uh, that T-Mac is a soft-spoken guy, doesn't say a whole lot, um, is a very, very humble young man, and isn't really in on this whole thing. He's not a... He's not a, a, a big look at me, you know, spotlight kind of guy. He's he's again, he's very humble, as are the other uh, members of that Servite uh, class. So he may not opt to do that. He may just want to say, okay, here, you know, here's my letter and and there's my commitment and thank you all very much. He may not want the spotlight at the All American Bowl. So it'll be interesting to see. But we may have some news today. So if you see a dancing cactus on Twitter, that could be it. Just saying, getting excited, getting real. I'm really getting real pumped. Justin Spears talked with Kean Burnett, tight end and commit, of course, from Servite and T Max teammate yesterday. He talked with him on their on the Spears and Ali show last night, and Kean Burnett said about Arizona's chances at landing T Mac. He said, "quote I feel good about it. That's all I can say. I feel pretty good about where we are with him. We," he said, "we." I love it. I love it so much. I'm so I'm already so freaking pumped for the 2022 Arizona football season. I can't even hardly stand it. <laughs> I, I just get geeked up, man. I'm sorry. It's just the way I am. All right, I'm way over on time here. Mary's screaming at me. I'm sorry. Uh, when we come back, Wildcat basketball in action tomorrow night against Cal Baptist. Tell you what to expect, what you may see, and of course that phenom freshman that uh, Cal Baptist has. We'll talk about that next, right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show. Still plenty to get into here in the final 15 minutes. Uh, UCLA basketball is officially on pause. And they have rescheduled the game in uh, Las Vegas for tomorrow. It will now be Kentucky taking on North Carolina in that game. It was going to be uh, UCLA taking on North Carolina, but again, UCLA is officially on pause. They will not be playing any basketball for the near foreseeable future, I guess. I don't, th- I don't know if it'll affect the game against Arizona coming up. It's still a couple of weeks away. I'd like to think that a game that's as a January 3rd or January 4th I think it is in in uh, in Pauley Pavilion I don't think it will affect that that would be an awfully long pause cuz they've been on pause for a week and a half almost now uh so either things are really really awful there or I I, I don't know uh but nonetheless they're not playing tomorrow and uh, North Carolina Kentucky are going to play um so we'll see uh, we'll see a little rematch there as they get to they get together they they played I think they got together in like a hurry last year too to play. Like they were like, I think Patina was like, "Hey, we need somebody to play," and Roy was like, "Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll play you." And I think that's how that one went together last year too. They play each other a lot. Um, obviously, we, we're used to seeing Kentucky play North Carolina. It happens a lot in uh, those preseason uh, tournaments and such, and of course in the postseason tournament as well. Arizona taking on Cal Baptist. The Lancers coming to Tucson tomorrow afternoon, a game at 4 o'clock and a tip-off at the McHale Center. The, uh, the uh, Cal Baptist Lancers are currently 8-2 and two on the season. Their losses are to Texas. They lost uh, a game at Texas. Uh, they lost 68-44, to uh, Texas holding them to 44 points. 
and they lost to UC Riverside most recently, just on Sunday, um, a game that was uh, that was in California, a game uh, against uh, UC Riverside. They lost that game seventy to fifty four. Arizona and Cal Baptist do have a common opponent. It's the team that we saw last night in Tucson, or uh, rather Wednesday night in Tucson, Northern Colorado. Cal Baptist beat Northern Colorado by a score of seventy four to seventy. It just right around it was just before Thanksgiving is when they uh, when they played them. So we do have a common opponent. Um, one of the things that I've noticed about Cal Baptist and their their trends, they are they are a team that is going to, teams hold the ball offensively against Cal Baptist defense. So apparently they play some kind of a defense that uh, that makes you hold the ball a little bit longer. Maybe it's some kind of a, an amoeba zone or something that makes you really kind of pick and choose your spots. Not exactly sure, but we'll see tomorrow. I will tell you this though, they uh, on offense it is it is ball screen ball screen ball screen ball screen ball screen ball screen. They will screen the living hell out of you. Uh, that's what they do. They just run tons of ball screens. They have a lot of multiple wings that can run those screens. They got one big man. Um, his name is uh, uh, Aiken uh, Daniel Aiken. Uh, he's six eight six nine. Um, you know, just, you know, kind of your typical, you know, small school, big man, like we've seen over the last few weeks, but it's their freshman from Australia, Taryn Armstrong, who is really the centerpiece of this, uh, of this basketball team. His numbers aren't going to be like, oh my gosh, but he does so many things. Well, he's averaging 12 points a game. He's averaging eight and a half assists per game and seven and a half rebounds per game. He's averaging nearly a triple double per game. He's also the nation's leader in assists. He had a game uh, a few nights ago. He had 15 assists, 18 rebounds, 11 points. The night before that, or the game before that, I should say, he scored 11 points, had 11 assists, and 9 rebounds. He is everywhere. He has had two triple-doubles this year, uh, including against San Jose State in a game where they had to kind of come back and kind of grit that one out. He had 16 points, 12 assists, and 10 rebounds. That's ridiculous. Like those numbers for a freshman playing for Cal Baptist, uh, just you know he's a he's a uh, he's a really really interesting player. He will be playing in the NBA. He is he's got all the tools. He can shoot pretty well. Um, he's not a he's not a great shooter, and he's not going to attempt a lot of three pointers. He'll attempt about two and a half per game, which is which is not bad. Uh, but it's his ability to control the offense and drop the dimes. I mean, that's what he does. He is an excellent assist man, again, leading the nation in total assists. Now, his assist-to-turnover ratio is pretty good. Uh, When you average nine assists a game, that's going to happen. However, he is a little bit turnover-prone. He had seven turnovers against Texas, has had four uh, or more turnovers in in five of their ten games, half of their games this year. So, uh, he is a fun, fun guy to watch. He's six five. He's got good size uh, for a freshman guard, and he is the the uh, the spark plug that makes that engine go. So he, he wears number one. He'll be easy to see, and uh, he's he's their playmaker. This to me is a is a is. I mean, obviously, it's a very winnable game for Arizona. Um, Cal Baptist. I think they're number two fifteen in Ken Palm. Uh, Ken Palm. Pardon me. Currently. Um, and you know they, 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 they just—they're going to try to slow Arizona down on defense a little bit. I don't know if they're going to 
employ the same tactics that we saw from Northern Colorado because uh, they're just they're not a great three point shooting team. We knew that Northern Colorado could shoot the three. We knew that they were a volume three team, so speeding themselves up was easy to do. Uh, Cal Baptist is more of a motion and screen team. They try to get you know easy you know mid range jumpers and things like that. That's kind of what they specialize in. Um, so we'll we'll see. In fact, you know, their their two point field goal percentage is one of the tops in the nation. They're very good at uh, at getting in and and. Uh, uh, scoring in that, you know, in the 15, the mid-range area. So we'll see a lot of that. Um, this is a game that's very winnable for Arizona. If they just stay in their lane, don't make too many mistakes, they'll come out of that game with a victory. And then get ready for their big game in Knoxville coming up uh, next Wednesday as they take on the Tennessee Volunteers. That's a really good uh, – it is. It is a really good basketball team. And if you look at, uh, if you look at the, um, the net rankings right now – where is the net rankings at? Why can't I find them? Uh, Arizona, of course, number one in the net right now. Tennessee, why aren't my net rankings coming up? Hey, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> trying to figure out why the net rankings aren't coming up. The the Wildcats still number one. I know that. Um, I'm looking for Tennessee. If this website will take any longer, it's going to make me go crazy. Tennessee currently sixth in the net. Okay, so... We knew they were going to be a top 10 team, so uh, Tennessee, the number six team in the net. Of course, we'll have a full preview of that game for you, Arizona's final big game of the non-con before they get ready to take on USC, UCLA, and Arizona State all on the road to open up what is now like the regular season of the conference conference season. So Wildcats in action tomorrow. Tickets are available. Four o'clock tip-off. Come on down. Enjoy some basketball in the afternoon. And uh, have a great Saturday, and uh, hopefully get out of there with a dub. And uh, the Wildcats 11-0 and and moving up. Also, for women's basketball, real quick, uh, South Carolina, or uh, NC State, rather, lost last night to Georgia. So the number two team in the country in women's basketball losing what was uh, considered a, a, an unbeatable team to some people, now lost. They lost at home uh, to Georgia. So... Look for the women's basketball team if Arizona can take care of business this weekend at NAU and against that uh, against Texas in Las Vegas. Moving on up. Moving on up. All right. We're going to take a timeout when I return. I'll put a big, bright, red, shiny bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. That's next right here on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Man, I'll tell you what, a quick look at the uh, the FanDuel Sportsbook app here, just kind of watching these NFL lines move around. I wish, I wish, I wish I could go back in time about three hours. Because when I checked this morning, uh, when I opened up the FanDuel Sportsbook app this morning, right, you know, it was a little before 6 o'clock. I just kind of looked at some things. I wanted to look at um, the, the parlays that I had last night to make sure that they did come in, um, just confirming. And I looked, and I saw the Eagles were a five-point favorite at home against Washington. I'm like, ooh, that's probably going to be my lock of the week. I love that game. And I didn't bet it. I was like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll get to it later. I got other things I got to prepare for. I got to do other games and stuff. But I was like, I, I kind of circled that. I was like, that one will most likely be my lock of the week. Eagles coming off the bye. Jalen Hurts is going to be healthy. 
Washington, uh, you know, is a little banged up, and there's questions about COVID protocols in that uh, in that uh, organization. Now the line has moved to twelve and a half. Wouldn't touch it with a ten foot pole. I still may actually because the Washington football team have announced that Garrett Gilbert is going to be their quarterback for uh, Sunday's game against the Eagles. That is probably not going to go well. Just I, I'm just just saying. I just you know, I just just call it a hunch. No Taylor Heineke. Not that I thought he was going to play extremely well either. But uh, then QB two goes out, and now it's going to be Garrett Gilbert taking the snaps for the footballers against the Eagles. I, again, <laughs> I wish I could go back in time and bet the Eagles put it all on them minus five because that game's already over. <laughs> Holy smokes! All right. Well, we've uh, we've discussed a lot of things today. Uh, you know, I, I got into the whole COVID issue and stuff, and, and look. It's not going away. We're not going to get through this thing in a week. We're, it's something that we're just going to have to continue to push through. And no matter how many people are vaccinated, no matter the percentage of of a population, and I'm talking about it, when you condense it into a, an entire league like the NHL. NHL is upwards of 97 to 98% full vaccination compliance. And there's two games canceled tonight because our game last night and a game tonight because of COVID. Not going away. Just do the best you can to stay healthy. Practice social distancing when you can. Wash your damn hands. I can't believe I have to tell people. We have to tell people to do that. But (laughs) just take care of yourself. We want to have happy holidays out there. We want to be happy people. Hopefully I'll be happy when I join you guys again on Monday morning at 7 a.m. for our Monday edition of the Jeff Dean Show right here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Stay tuned for Spears and Ali, Ali today from 3 to 6. I'll actually be joining them on the show today, I believe, at 320. I'll be on the show to have some fun with them and probably make fun of them as well. Thanks to Mary back in the studio. You guys have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday right here on ESPN Tucson.